You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. It's an honor today to have with me Eric Ninotowski, comic book artist, uh, probably a bunch of other type of titles go there too, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe? Father, husband. <laughs> Father, <laughs> husband. I mean, that's great. Geek all around. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we, we met at uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion this past year, but I have come by your booth several times in the last few years uh, at at whatever phoenix comic-con would be called that the year that yeah. <laughs> we're talking about they've they've gone through a few names but uh you know how long is it you, how long have you been making comic book art um over 10 years i i want to say i started in 2006 somewhere around there and 2006, 2007 is, is comic books always just been a, a thing that you were into yeah uh, i got you know when I saw my first comic was probably in elementary school and that was just kind of my introduction. And then from there it was like, just started buying them then bought more and then bought some more and started drawing. And then, yeah, eventually it just got into my love affair with art and comics and that was it, man. What was the, what was that first title? Um, gosh, I don't remember the first one. Uh, cause it was somebody else's, like we were sitting at the lunch table and these kids had these comics and they're drawing out of them. And so I don't remember what it was. I think I'm, I'm sure it was like an X-Men book. Cause I remember pretty sure I remember Wolverine, but one of the first ones that I really remember was one that, uh, Mark Texiera did. I think it was Wolverine. Uh, I don't know if it's 40 something, but he's just standing there and he's got his hand in his, uh, on his face. And then behind him is Charles Xavier and Jean Grey. Ah. In the background. It was like all white behind him, but just like the that style and just the boldness of it. I was like, man, this is so awesome. <laughs> so, so is that, is, is Wolverine your number one, like mainstream character or is there a, you know, it just happened to be that first, first one. Um, I definitely like Wolverine a lot. Um, it'd be between him and like Batman. Uh, I'd really do like grifter though, from the wildcats back nice. in the nineties. Um, so, you know, I, I love drawing Wolverine and Batman. They're probably my top two to draw, but, if I was going to pick a character, it'd probably be Grifter. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So, uh, when did you, okay, was, what did the love for comic books come first or did the love for drawing come first? Uh, probably the drawing because like I said, I saw these kids, you know, drawing and they're looking at the comics. And so I, I, I like sat down and I'm like, Hey, you mind if I draw with you? And so started drawing and then, then I got into comics, you know, through that. But, but it was always centered on comics. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the comics and I'm drawing what I see. And so that kind of just got me into that comic book art. You know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, doing other stuff. It was just always comics. And what, what, what were you, what did you first start drawing? Like, did, did you start taking classes? Did you, uh, 
just do it all freehand? Did you all just learn on your own? Um, yeah, mainly freehand, mainly just drawing what I saw in the comics. And then eventually, um, as I kept getting into it, um, would take art classes in school, but they were just like the typical art classes. So, you know, whatever you take in middle school or high school, that's what I was doing. Um, I never really did any uh, focused art classes on comics. It was always, you know, figure drawing or, you know, painting or whatever. Uh, but I always liked drawing the comic stuff. And so I would be doodling in class, you know, in math class, just sitting there doodling on my, on my page and just, you know, um, and it just kind of evolved from there. Did, was 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 comic book art something that you knew you wanted to you you eventually wanted to go towards, or was there a different type of art that you wanted to do first? Uh, no, it was always comic art. Yeah, 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 so, for sure. So did you just start start off start creating your own uh, your own creator own image or uh, characters and stuff like that, or did you just stick to uh, the bigger known properties? Um, a little bit of both because I, 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 it was probably like the nineties when image hit mm -hmm. that I really got, like, I started buying a lot more comics and so they had a really big influence on me. So I would draw, you know, stuff I saw from, you know, blood strike or whatever. But then that whole time I'm also creating my own characters and developing my own stories in my head, you know, maybe writing some down and, and then I'd, I'd create my own character and just start drawing them and drawing them and it never went anywhere. Um, yeah, there was a few comics like that I had created that I sat down and actually drew, but they never really, I never finished them, but it was like maybe five, 10 pages that I sketched out, you know? So, but it, it, that's just being a kid, you know, you don't, I didn't follow everything through and you yeah. know, you got all these grand ideas. And so it's just kind of typical stuff. So when you're creating uh, your own characters and stuff, uh, what, what's the, What's the biggest obstacle that you have, uh, you know, when trying to be, I mean, I don't want to say innovative, but, you know, just like making something new. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely the hardest part is trying to be, you know, original, because back then when I was creating all this stuff, it was just like, you know, taking a character like a Bloodstrike or, um, I don't know, Cyberforce and, and just kind of recreating them in my image and then giving them a story of their own. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it really wasn't original at all. Um, but, you know, again, though, every idea comes from something. So there there isn't a whole lot of original stuff out there. But it's, right. it depends on the, the twist you give it. And, you know, like, you know, the, if you could do something with it that no one else has done, then it's that's original, you know. Um, so my thing is just when I'm creating and I, I, I do have a story I'm working on, it's just uh, – how can I repackage it? And cause it's like an X-Men type story. It's a team book, but can I repackage it? And can I have new powers, new characters, new costumes and make it appealing? Um, that's my goal. So do you, or do you prefer doing team teamworks or do you like doing solo characters more? Or is it neither one of them, you know, a difference for you? Um, the only difference I would say is just the, the amount of stuff you're going to have to draw if you're doing a team book. Uh, cause you're, constantly redrawing all these characters whereas if it's just a single guy then you can you know it's mainly that one guy with stuff in the background or whatever but you're going to be drawing a lot more if you're doing a team book um so i've gone back and forth you know with where do i want to start do i want to start with a single character and then go from there um but where i'm at right now i'm just i'm just going to go for it and i'm doing a more of a team book um for my story
So, I mean, when you're when you're working on a, a, a team book like that, how do you decide? You know, who's going to get more of the spotlight, or you know, which 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 characters to focus on? Is it just where the story goes, or do you have an idea? Like, especially since you're the artist, I mean, you're do you, do you do you look do you do visuals first and then decide to write out write out a story, or do you do story first and then write out and then draw the visuals? Um, probably story first. And then, yeah, because I'm trying to propel the story, and then it's like, okay, well, who do I need in there to do it? Um, and and especially like you know, take a first issue for example, you want to introduce all these characters, so you're gonna have to do it in a, you know, a unique way that's not like, oh, here, here's this character and this character and this <laughs> character, you know, like you, you kind of want to do it naturally and not, um, uh, you know, if you're in issue 56 and it's like new people are picking up your book and you got your little captions that say this is Hawkman and this is Batman and you know, I mean, you can do that kind of stuff, but this is, you know, for an issue number one, you got to lay it all out, get some personality in there, tell people who they are and then why they should care about them. So it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a puzzle, you know, you want to put all the pieces together, make everything fit. And that's, that's kind of the fun part of the creative process really. And what, what's the, what's the revision process like then? Like obviously going back and editing out what you, you feel you don't need, even though you're probably dreading it because you, you were like, I made that. I want to keep it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, always going through revisions. Um, especially now I'm kind of like, I haven't even finished the final first script for my book. Um, but when I do, I'm going to hand it off to a number of people and just have them read it, tell, give me their feedback, say, Hey, I'm kind of, you lost me here or whatever. Um, so that'll be the one aspect, but right now I'm just, I play it through my head over and over and over again. And then I'm just kind of constantly adding to it or taking away and just saying, how can I make this better? You know, do I need to add a scene here to, kind of like, you know, split these two scenes or things like that, you know, but it's always constant. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, um, so I'll write it and then I'll start penciling out the pages and laying out the panel by panel. But for me now, this, the script will come first. So you said you were collecting, you started collecting in the nineties. What, what's, what's your, what's your nineties story arc? Like what's that, what's that story arc that really got to you? Um, probably Wildcats. Um, cause I'm a, I was a big Jim Lee fan. I, it was probably X-Men number one where I, I started collecting Jim Lee's art and then I kind of got hooked on his stuff. And then once image hit, you know, I, I saw death blow, saw some young blood, but it was, it was definitely that, that Wildcats maybe first, um, I'd say maybe first five issues, you know, cause there was four, but then five came out and I was like, Oh my gosh, I had all the pages that kind of folded out <laughs> and it was just like, Oh my gosh. And kind of, it, it, um, started that killer instinct story arc with Cyberforce going up against wildcats. Um, so that was just like, that blew my mind. So that, that was probably my number one. <laughs> I, and I still go back and I'll pick it up and read it. You know, I just, I love that stuff. I, I now I see the the love for Grifter has has been there since the beginning. <laughs> yeah, what'd you think of that when they when they brought him in New Fifty Two wise? Um, that was cool. Um, I didn't really get into it to be honest. Yeah. I, gosh, I don't even think I collected any of the issues. Um, just because, um, I think I didn't like how they changed his look. You mm. know, they took away his trench coat, his mm -hmm. red gloves, and I was like, dude. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so, but, but, you know, even before that they were changing his look, even when he was still with, with image. Right. Um, but I, I just kind of, I stopped collecting the wildcats books towards the end. And, um, so yeah, so honestly, the only thing from the new 52 I was collecting was like Batman and, um, yeah. So 
Unfortunately, like I, I don't even collect the Wildcats or the Wild Storm books that they're doing now. I just, oh yeah, the art for me doesn't do it, and I mainly collect for the artists. Right. So, I mean that that is interesting because, I mean, I I definitely when I when I'm when I go to a comic book store, I'll sit there and I'll I'll, I'll get the stuff that I want to get, but then it's it's the art that's going to attract me to a new book or or anything like that, and and then I'll be like, oh well, how's the writing in it? But uh. So I have like put put a book away because of I just didn't dig the art kind of thing. So yeah. what is it that you try and do on covers to attract a new uh new reader? Mm. Um you just want to have it as as cool and interesting <laughs> as possible. And I, I know that's like I mean it's it's hard to do. Um, like how much of the story do you try and give away in a cover or not give away? Like, is, is there a, a good proportion or, um, I would say it's, uh, like, cause I think of some, like some stories where it's like a death stroke where he's, I remember I was collecting death stroke and he's fighting Superman, he's fighting wonder woman. And, you know, so you, you put that on the cover where he's like battling it out and it's like, okay, like I like wonder woman. I like death stroke. I want to see that. Um, but it doesn't give you any clue to really, you know, the outcome or the story that's inside. Um, so I, I think it's like a little bit of shock value, like, oh my gosh, like what's going on in here? Like you want to hook them um, with a real quick image and and just make it look cool. But like you said, you know, you don't always want to give away the entire story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, like a lot of even um, like a Superman on chain when he was fighting that one guy, don't even remember his name. But he's, they introduce this new villain, and he's kicking a crap out of Superman. You show Superman on the cover, and he's like half dead. It's like, oh wow, like what's going on here? Like <laughs> I want to see what's going on. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of it's just shock value, trying to get something new and different, and um, you know, it, and then if you get like a, uh, I don't know, there's so many books nowadays, man. It, it's like, what are you <laughs> going to do that's different that that's going to catch somebody's eye just walking by? True, it's, uh, it's tough. So what about when uh, when you're set up at a booth at, at a convention like you have all uh, you have I mean you have all those was it 11 by 8 prints or 11 by 17 11 by 17 thank you mm-hmm. um, when you have all those 11 by 17 prints like what how have you decided what's going to be displayed what's the prints that are going to be displayed like obviously you're making these beforehand or you've made them you've made them in the past and mm-hmm. like which character do you just notice which characters people tend to to go towards or do you kind of do more uh what you prefer to draw um i would go with what's what's hot uh, mainly what i've seen is that the the stuff that sells is the stuff that follows the movies mm. um so you know whether it's doctor strange or black panther like whenever those movies are around it, they didn't even have to be out yet but people would start being interested in them like dark phoenix i've been selling a ton of dark phoenix prints wow um and the movie just came out and so, you know, for whatever reason, that puts those characters on people's radar, and that's kind of what they're looking for. So I, I try and do that. You know, it, and it's not like all the time, but, and I do put out those prints that I like, you know, that no one else may necessarily be looking <laughs> for. But, you know, it's a little bit of both. Right. So, so, so uh, and obviously, and anybody that's been around your your booth, I mean, it's not a small booth. You have quite the large display going on there. So. Is that a collection over time of uh, things that you've drawn, or is that like you 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 do like within the first or a couple months before the convention kind of thing? Mainly everything I've I've done before. Okay. Um, new prints I will you know I'll put out, and I yeah, 
it depends on how much time I have in between shows, but I might have like four to five sometimes uh, new stuff that I'll, I'll have out. Um, but it all, yeah, it's mainly everything I've done in the past. And right now is quote unquote con season. Like, do you, do you have a, a busy schedule going this, this year? Uh, can you repeat that? A piece yeah. that's like scheduled? Oh, no, no, no. Just like this is quote unquote con season. So I was just saying, do you have a busy, a busy schedule? Like, do you, are you going to a lot of cons this year? Yeah, I do about one a month. Uh, but this month I actually don't have anything. Um, so that's kind of nice. I have the time off. I can work on, on the book that I'm working on and stuff. But, um, my next show will be San Diego Comic-Con. And then right after that, I'm actually going out to North Carolina to, I think it's called Galaxy Con now. It mm. was Raleigh Supercon. Um, so they're following Phoenix and changing their name a little bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and then, um, then I'll have like one a month, you know, till the end of the year. Um, but honestly, some months are, are hard to find shows. And I tend to only do like bigger shows um, because some of the smaller ones, you don't really get a good return right. on your on your uh what you're putting into it so yeah so it's you know you, you got to have something scheduled you know i have some steady contract work that i'm doing right now that kind of keeps me busy in the meantime so what, what's the what's a like what's the biggest difference between something like san diego comic-con which is the huge one and then phoenix fan fusion um besides numbers um i don't think you know much uh, you know it's it's just bigger they have more they're able to bring in more people, um, more stars or whatever, you know, and they just have a ton more space on the floor, you know, to bring in, you know, whether it's the WB or, you know, DC or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's just so much more people and, uh, it's, it's almost like too much people <laughs> in my opinion now, but, uh, it's, it's still great. You know, I imagine um, the more people, the more foot traffic, it, it, it helps, but like it can be overwhelming. Yeah, because in in years past I would I would always go because you know being in San Diego I would have a I get a professional badge since I'm published and so I'll go there every year even if I don't have a booth, but I mean just walking around it's like it's it's hard like just to get through everybody and if if what I would typically do is I would go see uh, the people from exhibits at the exhibitor area and um, see if they have a table that's available in Artist Alley. And, you know, you have to like wait and then come back and it's like, they'll see, oh, we'll, we'll come back in two hours. We'll see if anything has opened up and like constant back and forth. And mm. so just working my way through all that traffic can constantly is just like, it wears on you. So by the end of the day, you're just like, man, do I want to do this again tomorrow? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So the, 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 the times when you're there and don't have a booth or when you do have a booth, do you, do you get to still go out and have fun? Not, not just San Diego comic-con, but like say Phoenix fan fusion or, or galaxy con, like, do you get to go out and explore and have a good time too? Or is it, is it all just work? I mean, obviously you put some money into being there. So you want to make back as much money as you can. So mm -hmm. typically I'll travel alone. So that makes it hard to leave the booth and, you know, kind of go do some stuff. Um, and then, you know, I'm always worried about, oh, is somebody going to like walk off with my stuff? Yeah. Which at Phoenix did happen and I was only like two booths away. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you heard that story, but someone walked away with my 11 by 17 original art portfolio. The whole portfolio? The whole thing. Yeah. I did not hear that story. That's, that's horrible. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, being alone, um, it's like even running to the restroom, you know, you got to ask your your buddies next to you if they can watch your booth and stuff and um 
So, but if, if I have family, like I have family that's on the East coast. So, you know, I might have one or two people there that can watch my booth while I'm walking around and shopping, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, for San Diego, you know, when I'm not at my, when I don't have a table, I'm definitely walking around. I'm, I'm checking all the comic vendors, seeing if they have some back issues that I don't have, um, or trying to connect with, you know, publishers and show my portfolio, things like that. Dropping off samples. Oh, okay. So when you do commission work, which I, I saw on your website, you do, mm-hmm. um, do you, d- does that become part of the prints that you sell later on? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times it will. Um, yeah. So I'll do a commission or a sketch cover and, um, you know, I'll just ask the person like, Hey, do you mind if I make a print of this? And, uh, usually they don't have a, a, an issue with it. So I'll just, I'll get a scan of it or, or, uh, I have one guy that I've, I've done some for in the past and he'll send me a scan of it. And, um, so yeah, it, it just depends. But it's a good way to quick and easy way to get more prints. Right. What's so. the, what's the, what's a, either the craziest commission that you've been commissioned to do or what's the, what's the one that you're super proud of? Um, the craziest man, I, I have, I've done a bunch for this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's always mermaids. So okay. I've, I've done a mermaid, witch. I've done a mermaid. I don't even know what she is. They all have names, but I, I don't know. Them. But uh, one chick, she was like swimming and she's got glasses on and she's around koi fish. And then you see like Japan behind her uh, above the water. Um, gosh, I've done a Scottish mermaid for him. Just like anything you can think of with mermaids, I've, I've done them for this guy. And So this guy's it, definitely got an interest. Oh, yeah. And he'll give me like almost like a script, like a page like drawn out. He'll send me photo reference. Like, okay, I wonder if these, these boots, this fishnet is going to be on the ground. She's going to be dripping wet but there's a puddle next to her and there's a big dragon behind her as well and wow like, like wow okay <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that's i mean that's cool obviously he, he saw something in your artwork and he just really loved it and wanted wanted to make sure that all of his stuff looks the same same you know that's that's pretty i mean that's gonna feel pretty cool yeah yeah it's cool to have like a, a returning customer that really likes your work and will support you like that so now, now is that is that online somewhere can people go and check it out I believe I have the Mermaid Witch on DeviantArt. Okay. Um, I don't know if I posted more than that one, but um, yeah, I would say just you could probably look at my DeviantArt page and maybe see one or two. Very cool. So, yeah. Check out check out all the all the mermaid art. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so when uh, when you're sitting down to draw. Like what? What's your what's your process? How how do you be? Do you, do you put music on? Do you do you like to have white noise in the background? Is it does it need to be completely silent? Um no, uh, I have three kids, so rarely do I get silence. <laughs> but I, I will close the door just so I can kind of, you know, kind of like shut that off and and just kind of be able to focus a little bit. Like okay, I'm not on daddy mode anymore. I gotta be on work mode, and um, you know so. In the past, I would turn on music. Uh, recently, I'll maybe turn on YouTube and like catch some things on there. But yeah, it, it just it all depends. You know, if I'm in a hurry to like get some work done, I, I might not put on anything. Um, so yeah, it all depends. And I mean, what what's the what is there a f- the first thing you start drawing? Is it is it background stuff? Is it the figure in the foreground? You know, d- does it just depend on what it is, what it is that you're drawing? Yeah. It, typically, I'll start with a figure, um, 
or or just even just drop down a line for like a horizon line like okay this is kind of the perspective i'm thinking in my head um but i found it easier to just draw the figures in and then put the background in behind them uh so i can kind of get the elements that i need in there but it pretty much always starts with a figure for me okay yeah and you you talked about um jim lee earlier so you know, really, really liking his art. Is, is, is there other influences that you have, or is there other uh, things that you really? No, I mean, it's. I don't want to say influences your art, but you know that shaped you. Right. Uh, I would say, you know, early on, it was always the more like the image creators because okay. those were the the books I was buying. I really enjoyed their style, that West Coast style with all the cross hatching and. Um, and so it would, you know, if I had to pick out a few, it'd be Mark Silvestri, Jim Lee, um, maybe Jason Scott Campbell, Dale Keown. I, I love his stuff, man. Um, looking at his lines even now just blow my mind. All the his lines are so clean. And he's got so much cross hatching going on and everything. But um, um, and then slowly, you know, I kind of found other artists like a Chris Boccolo who has this weird, crazy style that's like what that you can't even sometimes tell what's going on in a panel. But um, I don't know if you remember Steampunk. Yep. Um, that was just such a great book. So, <laughs> um, and then like Joe Maduria or Madureira. See, I don't even know how to pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> um, uh, so those guys kind of came in and I found those guys. And so um, it added a little bit different dimension where it was like, okay, well, it, you know, I could try being a little crazy with my, you know, backgrounds and throwing in debris that's just everywhere and anywhere. And, you know, so it kind of just, it's you know you're adding like little things here and there to your style and things that you like or things that you think might work you know in, in your artwork um so it, it you know I, for me it's like a melting pot like what can i take that i like what can i do to make my art a little bit better and you know so that could show itself in panel layouts or just how i draw the figure or you know anything and everything so kind of just pick and choose what you like so obviously, uh, we, like we talked about earlier, when you're drawing a character that, like the IP already exists, what's the thing that you feel you put to make your signature on that character? Say when you're drawing Batman, what's the what's the thing that that makes you stand out uh, for other people? Um, for Batman, I always want to do something that I haven't seen before. So, because you know. You typically see him on a gargoyle. You see him, you know, jumping through the air. So I kind of try and do something a little different. And it doesn't always happen. But, you know, I, I had this one picture where he's just, he's jumping. He's in midair. And it's more of like a side shot. And then behind him, you see the um, the the bat symbol in the in the background. Um, and that was like his new 52 look. Mm. You know, so I kind of had, you know, most of his body, you could see it. Um, and that one's a, a really good seller, you know. Um so it, it's it's hard, you know. I have another one that looks almost like something Jim Lee did, and I don't sell any of those. So, <laughs> you know, it's like people want something different, right? So, so of all those artists that you you named a second ago, like which ones have you met so far? Have you met all of them? Have you have you got to? I haven't met Joe Mad. I've met Jim Lee in a number of times actually uh, at San Diego Comic Con. Recently, I saw him in Hawaii at a show, and he he did a portfolio review for me real quick. Um, so that was cool, but he's a really, really nice guy. Um, uh, I've met Jason Scott Campbell once, uh, got a book signed by him. Uh, Chris Bocolo, I met 
who actually doesn't do a lot of shows, but I met him uh, actually twice now that I think about it. I bought a print from uh, Richard Friend, who is the inker on Steampunk, and I bought a print from him, and it was of, of the Steampunk, um, the woman and the, the little girl. And so uh, Chris Bacala was walking by, and he happened to be there, so I got them both to sign it. <laughs> uh, so that was that was really cool and then um a show that i did in ontario california he was at and so i i brought a ton of books for him to sign and it was funny because i was stuck at my booth and i asked some guy to to go have him sign for me so i gave that guy like a bunch of you know a few prints just to say thank you oh but wow I, you know i couldn't leave my booth but i i brought up these books for for him to sign so you know you get kind of cool stories like that um just being at different shows and there's there's other artists there and stuff so can I ask, and you don't have to tell me what you know, Jim Lee said about you uh, per se, but what what goes into a, a portfolio review? I, I've heard that before. I just don't exactly know what it is. Um, like what it is, or or how you go about it, or yeah, just mean? like what it like. I mean, sure, like you. I, I'm assuming you you take uh, your portfolio up to said artist, and they critique it or do they just tell you like what they like about it what uh, yeah exactly what 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 happens in a portfolio review yeah um they're basically critiquing it um saying what you could have done better or things to work on so um yeah mainly just giving you pointers for things to to work on uh where to develop your art and to and you know in your head you're thinking well okay i want to draw comics how do i get there um and so they're kind of like helping you basically on that path um, for when I talk to Jim Lee, you know, I'm like hoping like, Oh man, maybe my stuff's good enough. He'll just be like, dude, we got to get you a job. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like my dream, but, uh, that didn't happen. Um, so, you know, he, he said a lot of the stuff was good. And then as he took a closer look, he's like, oh, okay, well here, you could have done this or maybe next time just go full black here and don't do, you know, shading. Um, you know, make sure all your perspective lines are hitting that, that, uh, vanishing point, things like that. So, it was all little stuff, um, but you know, it, yeah. Usually, when you're talking to an artist, they're not going to be the guy that's going to be like, "Oh man, let's give you a job." Right. They're just the guy that knows somebody else that could, that you can get in contact with. But you really need to talk to editors, and they're the ones that are going to, uh, you know, get you the job kind of deal. That's what I was gonna. The next thing I was gonna ask was the uh, like when you're talking to an artist, is the artist giving you? Uh, tips from their point of view or are they giving you like company standard point of view tips like like if you wanted to work for DC DC kind of looks for these kind of things or if you wanted to look for or if you wanted to work for Marvel Marvel likes to see more of this kind of thing or is it more just like this is what I would have done it seems to be more of what they would have done okay yeah um, the editors it's it's weird because I've I had a I had a portfolio review with a um, uh, a guy from Marvel and uh, he was an editor and you know, so, and this was at San Diego comic-con. So I, I submitted some samples. They called me back and I, I sat down with the guy and he kind of did a portfolio review and he's like, okay, cool. So do some sample pages. And I did maybe three sample pages or something. And I sent him back. And the only thing he said was, okay, cool. Like this might be good for like a, uh, an anthology, you know, and that was it. And, Hmm. like never talk to me again, never, you know, I, I talked, I sent stuff in and you don't get anything from them as far as like a critique or work on this, do this is what we're looking for. It's, it's kind of strange. And I've heard multiple people say the same thing. Okay. So I, I, 
what I'm thinking is they're looking for someone who is like ready to go like hundred percent, like here's the, here's the book and go, you know, run and do your thing. So, so I'm, I'm guessing if, if they don't say, Hey, let's put you on a book, then you're just not ready, but they don't tell you how to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I, I don't understand how they don't think that you're ready for your own book yet. So, uh, because like my friends, my friends were there at, at Phoenix Fan Fusion. They bought, uh, two of your metal prints of the, uh, I believe it was the X-Men. You had the X-Men first class and then yeah. you had, uh, I think it was villains on the other side is the two prints that go together or the two metal prints that go together. So, I mean, okay. we obviously love, love your art. So, and, and you know, Mermaid Maid man obviously loves your art. So if we have any say about it, you should have your own book by now. Um, but the metal print thing, like that seems to have been a new thing in the last couple of years that you see offered up at, at boost. Now, when, when did that come about? Like how, how do you know, any history on that? It just, it seems like I've only seen it in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it came about. Um, I'm just assuming, you know, it, it's just a new way to print, mm -hmm. on, you know, something it's, it's technically dye sublimation where it's a heat transfer, but it's just a new way to, to showcase your art and to, you know, have a different product. Um, but yeah, definitely it's come about more so in the past few years. And, you know, I think it's just people are realizing, well, even for me, when I was seeing it, it was like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, do I really want to drop all this money to, to do these metal prints? So I was kind of like torn. And then when I finally just made the leap and did it, I mean, seeing my art on the metal, it's like, wow, like I wish I did this sooner because it, it just adds a whole new dimension and it makes your artwork look super good. Um, so I think people are just realizing like, you know, and it's more durable too. It's going to last so much longer than a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Um and it's something that you definitely want to display, not just stick in a, a book somewhere and like say, uh, I'll put this on my wall someday. <laughs> uh, you, you, you want to show it. You want to you want to get it up on your wall. So I think it's just a, a cool, you know, different alternative to the paper prints. And have you seen a good uh, like return investment on that? Like a lot of people tend to pick that up. I mean, it does make it pop a lot, but a lot more than just on paper. I mean, the paper is still great, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think since I've made the transition and started selling more of the metals, I definitely sell more metal than I do paper. Okay. So, um, so you know, what is it when you're not creating, not being a father, not being a husband, when you just get to geek out for a little bit, what is it the thing that you sit down and do? And it doesn't necessarily need to be anything that's normally geeky. Like if you like to fix, fix cars or if you like to... Uh, check out horse racing or something. You know, what's what's your thing? What's your your one thing? Um, man, if it's not comics, it's probably movies. Okay. So my way to relax, my way to kind of just unwind and and just kind of um, what's the word? Just you know, turn my brain off. Veg out. Veg out. Exactly. I just want to watch a movie. So, yeah, man, I I love movies and. If there's nothing new, I'll just go back and pull something <laughs> out of my, you know, uh, my vault. Like I love watching the matrix. I probably watch the matrix Lord of the Rings at least once a year. Um, just, you know, go back and watch the whole trilogy. And, um, yeah. So, you know, you, you have your favorite movies and you're just like, man, I could just watch this all day long. So I, I just go back and find what I like and pop it in. That's awesome. So it's a, you're like me then, uh, right now has got to be the most amazing time when, you know, comic book movies are such a, a great yeah. uh, like a, a important thing like that are the two fandoms are just colliding what 
what what's what's been your your favorite? Doesn't necessarily have to be a comic book movie, but what's your favorite movie like this year? Um, hmm. let's see. I'm trying to go back and think what I've seen. I've seen, <laughs> seen John Wick three. That's kind of been like overplayed a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> um, that last one three. I mean, I like the John Wick series, but that was two hours of just fighting and <laughs> killing uh-huh. and i was just like okay my eyes need to rest now <laughs> seriously there's like five minutes of maybe like story and then <laughs> yeah. the rest is, let's kill people yeah so yeah i remember seeing the first one it was just like just super cool and you know different you know and it was a lot of fighting but it was like gosh man this guy kicks butt um <sighs> But now it's like, all right, three movies in, you're like, okay, this guy can kick butt. What else you got for me? (laughs) What else you got? I mean, don't get me wrong. That third one was amazing to watch. It was, it was, it was balls to the wall, like crazy. But like the first movie was such lightning in the bottle for me. Like, and then, then the second movie opens up the world to like, everybody is almost, almost everybody's an assassin. And then the third movie, it's like, everybody is an assassin. I don't think there's any regular people in New York city. So it's just (laughs) right. Yeah. So I yeah. Um and then of course Avengers Endgame was was really cool, you know, just to like kind of close out the whole um the whole thing really. Yeah, the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe up to now was just kind of yeah. led up to that. So, um man, I can't really remember what else I've seen this year. So, yeah, Avengers Endgame was probably like, you know, it for me. Um yeah, just cuz like it kind of closes out that whole chapter and now it's like, all right, what do we they're gonna do something totally new and different. So uh, as we're, as we're talking right now, you're wearing a, a Spidey shirt. So are you waiting? Are you excited yeah. for Far From Home coming out here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks pretty cool. I I I'm not real familiar with uh, Miss it's Mysterio, right? Right. Uh, so I don't I really don't know too much about his character. So I'm kind of just like it's kind of like Doctor Strange. I had really no context for him and and what he was all about. So you know, this movie's just kind of be like all right i'm just gonna sit and watch and just veg out and not have really like an idea of who the characters are if that makes sense no that makes complete sense yeah like that was the same way for me for guardians of the galaxy i had no real context for him so when watching that movie that first movie it's just you know it was so good that i didn't have any baggage i guess to to speak of uh when watching it and it just came out Mm -hmm. that great i would definitely say don't look up anything about mysterio before seeing that movie (laughs) because it's only going to benefit you uh, yeah. this past week, I guess the Twitter, the social media embargo, embargo for far from home came out and journalists were able to tweet what they thought about the movie and stuff like that. And I've just heard so many positive things about it. Cause I was to say, I wasn't the biggest fan of homecoming. I didn't hate it, but mm-hmm. I just wasn't the biggest fan of it. And, uh, I'm super stoked about this one now because of what I've heard through Twitter. I haven't heard any, I haven't heard any spoilers, but I've just heard good, good reviews about it. And like, that the second half of the movie is just like going to blow your mind. Mm. So nice. I, I'm excited about that. Um, what about Shazam? Did you, did you, did you check out Shazam? I did. Yeah. Um, I think I went with my, did I go with my son? No, I think I went by myself. Um, and yeah, I thought it was, it was different. You know, it was more like just fun. And obviously the whole premise is like a kid becoming a superhero. So, I mean, there's so many, you know, it's just like a fun idea. Um, so I just, you know, it wasn't like top of my movie list, like, oh, it was the best ever, but it was a really cool movie, you mm-hmm. know, um, had a lot of comedy, had, you know, some good fight scenes. Um, and, and again, I was real unfamiliar with his character. So just kind of just 
you know, let it play out before me. But I, I you know, it wasn't like I didn't love it, but it was cool. Did, it wasn't like Wonder Woman status for a DC movie, but it was it was good. Do you do you do uh do you do Shazam art when do you draw? Um, I I have done one. Okay. Yeah. Um. Wh- around the time that the movie came out, I was on a a thing on YouTube called Drawn and Quartered, where a bunch of artists will draw a character and then a ah. fan vote. And so I did one for that. Did you Did you give him Zach Levi's face? D- uh. I did my best. I wasn't really <laughs> looking at anything. But the cool thing was actually the a guy colored it and then he tagged Zachary Levi in it and Zachary Levi reposted it on nice. his Twitter page. So that was kind of cool. Now do you so when you're doing something like that like if you're if you're drawing Shazam, you obviously in the background you're going to want a lot of uh like lightning bolts because that's the that's the thing with Shazam like is there a thing that you like to draw in the background of your your arts? Not necessarily Shazam, but just in general. Like, is there is there a certain type of background thing that you like to draw? Um, no, not really. Whatever it, goes with the character. Yeah, it depends on what what I'm doing. So for Shazam, obviously, I did the the lightning, but it the for that piece, it was like a timed piece, so you had two hours to complete oh, okay. it, and you know, so I mean that. In one re- respect, I'm thinking, okay, well, how can I do this quickly but make it look cool? So obviously, lightning bolts um, and just you know, lightning crackling all around them. That's what I went with. Um, and then other pieces, you know, it depends on how much time I have. And then like I did in a, in a, a green arrow on a rooftop, and then behind him you see like the whole city. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those pieces, you know, the cityscape is kind of like that's a cool element, and it usually just you know, like a Batman or Arrow, you know. You kind of put him in his city, um, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, it all depends on the piece. All depends on the character. Like Hulk, you just want rubble and stuff that's been smashed behind them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it just all depends. So, so like you said, you let you like to, or you notice that the, or you do stuff that has to do with whatever the newest movie or TV show comes out. Do you tend to? Like your Green Arrow, did you have Green Stephen Amell's face, or did you try and do more of traditional DC, you know, looking face? Yeah, for that one, I think I, uh, it was like a good cross. Like uh, it probably looked a little like Stephen Amell, but it wasn't him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of do like a. Sometimes I'll even mash him up. Like I'll do a comic version and then add some elements of the TV show or movie. Um, so for that one, I think I was looking at the TV show outfit, um, and then kind of mixed in some of the new Fifty Two look as well that I liked from like his like shin pads and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so it it just all depends. Whatever, because you know when I'm when I'm drawing and I'm thinking about okay, if I'm going to sell this as a print, who am I appealing to? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of want to appeal to both if I can. Right. So <laughs> makes sense. Uh, so I'll just kind of mix them up, really. And and uh, um, uh, so so being a, a big movie fan, do, if they were ever to bring Green Arrow into the cinematic universe, like, do you have a a, a particular actor you would love to see? Because I I do. And uh, I I know who I would want to see, but I want to know if you you have a person that you would like to see. Um, you know I, I haven't thought about that to be honest. And you know in in some regards, I almost wish they would bring in the TV show actor to the movie. That would be cool. You know, uh, almost to kind of bring it all together. You know, if they did that with like the Flash character and Green Arrow, I I would think that that would work really well. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the continuity of things maybe wouldn't work, but. I just I really like those actors, and I like I like the way they portray the characters. Um, so yeah, for for Stephen Amell, I really haven't thought of like somebody else that could 
be his character in the movie. But I would love to hear who you would who you would pick. <laughs> well, okay, so I I know a lot of people want John Krasinski to be Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, but I think he would make a great Ollie Queen. Like Mm. Check it. Check him out in thirteen hours. I think that's like yeah. essentially the, the give him blonde hair, dye color his hair blonde, and he's perfect for for the role. Or or even his new John or Jack Ryan series. You know, I think yeah he would do really well. Uh, he knows how to do the action, and he can definitely do the comedy that you need for for to portray Ollie Queen. Like that's the one thing I, I like Arrow. I like Arrow a lot, but you don't get to see Stephen Amell do too much of the funny side or happy side of Oliver Queen it's a lot of the brooding and you know uh yeah. being Batman kind of right. on that show so so when yeah. I started watching Arrow I didn't realize how many similarities that were between him and Batman you know yeah. uh, that show definitely makes it seem like there's a lot more right uh but yeah that's that's who I'd like to see I'd love to see uh John Krasinski I think that he did a great job so cool uh Movie wise, again, still, still talking about movies. What, what, yeah. what else? What else? What genre of movie do you usually love to go towards? Is there a genre? Are you an action person? Are you a mystery person? You're a horror fan? Uh, probably action adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I do like horror, but my wife doesn't. So usually I'll just catch <laughs> you know the horror flicks on Netflix or something. Um. But definitely, yeah. If I'm gonna sit down and watch something, it's usually action. You know, adventure. I wish there were more adventure films. Like, there's not too many. You get a little bit of that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with some of like the, the Captain America movies. Like, it's a little adventurous, you know. But, um, but we don't have yeah. those Indiana Jones movies anymore or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it's exactly what you're talking about. We need we need some more of that stuff. Definitely. So, yeah. Definitely the action adventure. What was that? What was that first movie that you, if you can remember, the first movie you went to that you're just like, yeah, this is, I like these things. I like movies. Um, man, I, I don't know, cause I'm such a visual person. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, as a kid, like I'm just like sucking it all in, but I, I don't know if I could pinpoint like one movie. I mean, I, I could think of like the Goonies, which was just like, you know. You just eye candy, you know. That was mine. That was my my answer right there. It was Goonies, really? yeah, yeah. Um, just because it's a great story. There's like so much going on, and that's like the adventure kind of story. You know what I mean? Like you're following these guys along and just learning the story as they are, and it's like it's adventurous. And you know, even the Matrix is kind of like that, where you're you're in this world and you have no clue what's going on, and you're just you're finding out all this stuff as as the the hero is, and then you find out what the heck the Matrix is, and you're like. <laughs> mind blown oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so yeah that um yeah the goonies was definitely fun and it was a big one you know and probably the indiana jones movies too like the temple of doom mm -hmm. like i was probably really freaked out about it but it was it was just, <laughs> it stuck with you you know like him trying to take his heart out and stuff like, oh yeah oh that's so funny uh, because temple of doom was the first indiana jones movie i saw too i saw it before i saw uh Ark arc of the covenant no, Raiders okay, of the Lost Ark. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's funny. I, when I think of Indiana Jones, I think of Temple of Doom before I think of the Raiders. Raiders. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and I probably like those movies better now than the Temple of Doom. But just there was just something about the Temple of Doom. It was like it, it kind of like scared you, and it was like, what the heck? Like just weird. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, but it was just like, man, it was so good. So so. If you were to have, if you were to get the opportunity to do 
one character for the big main two, or if you want to go three with image, what 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 would be the book that you would what would be your dream book for for the one of those? Um, probably. Uh, thinking outside the box a little bit, I'd probably go with image, and or like an image book with DC now, obviously, but um, kind of like resurrect like the Wildcats or do a Grifter book. But nice. do them in like a you know go in the past you know what I mean like straight up nineties <laughs> yeah kind of like dive into his backstory like honestly I still have no clue like what his power is um, to be honest like I um, maybe it was an issue I missed but you know he 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 had this um, when all the the team seven guys were exposed to this radiation or whatever it was mm-hmm. you know some guys got these powers and and he didn't and you really never knew what the heck his power was but you're just like. Uh, at least I don't. Do you know? No, I don't. I don't know either. So yeah, you're, I'm right there in the same boat with you. That'd be an amazing book to just yeah. adventure into that. So yeah, but that, I I love that that Team Seven aspect. You know, the they're like mercenaries. You know, SEAL Team Seven or something. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, you could just dive into that and just do a ton of cool stuff. You know, what's a what's a a piece of advice for any? anybody's just starting out uh you know in comic book art and stuff like that what, what would be the thing that because what would also what would what was the biggest obstacle for you what was the the thing that you did not expect going into this line of work probably the amount of stuff you need to know how to draw and draw it well uh because when you're you know as a kid i'm sitting down i'm just drawing figures 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 you know and i'm getting the proportions all wrong and i'm you know just messing it all up but um when I was okay, flash forward to when I'm I'm like I moved to San Diego from New Jersey, and I'm getting like eleven by seventeen um, uh, pages done to go to submit to like San Diego Comic Con, and I'm literally realizing this is the first time I've actually drawn at eleven by seventeen and drawn a full page, mm. um, and so I'm like freaking out like I need to draw a building in perspective. I need to draw this action scene. And so like, I've never drawn these things before. And so, you know, you need to know how to draw a tree. You need to know how to draw perspective and buildings and make it look cool. And then you need to know how to tell the story visually. So you're really the director and, and you're also the lighting guy. You're also the the (laughs) costume person. You're also the, you know, you need to do all these things. You're the guy who goes and picks out the scenery. You know what I mean? You're, you need to find the locations. Um, you need to do all that, you know, as the artist. And so it's, it's, it's a lot more than at that time that I realized, but, uh, you know, for new artists, it might be more than you're really expecting to. So I would just say to try and, um, dive into it as much as you can start doing pages and laying out everything and understanding like what really goes into it. Um, because if you're like me and just drawing superhero looking guys that are huge and bulky and, and cool looking, but you haven't drawn a, a building or a, a scene with two guys talking and you need to do that interestingly and have people, you know, want to buy your book. So. All right. I mean, that, that, that's great advice. There you go. Make sure that you, you work out every aspect of the, of the, the, the art and not just the foreground, right? Yeah, exactly. You need to wear many hats. <laughs> I mean, is that going to be, I mean, with, obviously right now you're, you're wearing Mary hats and you have to do all that. You have to do the, you know, you're doing the colorists and you're doing the inking and all that stuff. But like mm-hmm. when you get to the much later and you're just, or you're not just, but you're doing just the, the, the art or the art by, or just the illustration, like, is that going to be weird to hand it off to someone else to do those other parts? Um, 
It depends. Um, I would say yes and no, because one, as the artist, you realize time is of the essence and you want to have stuff done quickly. Mm-hmm. So handing it off to someone is going to be very beneficial because they can get it done quicker. But then the the bad side of it is you got to trust that person. You got to trust that inker that he's going to be true to your lines and make your stuff look good and not make it look worse. And then also the colorist, you know, and and you don't worry about it so much if you're like in Marvel and DC, they have really good guys working for them. But um you know, if you're, if like on, on a book that I worked on, it was like, I didn't really have the ability to choose who was going to uh, color my stuff right. and they were chosen for me. So, you know, and they, they weren't really the best. It didn't really, um, you know, make my stuff look as good as it possibly could have been, but it's like, you just, it's, it is what it is. So um, there's always that, but uh, it definitely helps as time goes on. Uh, you get the book done a lot quicker. Um, so for me, the book that I'm I'm currently writing, I'm not going to be the I'm going to be the inker, and the penciler, and the you know I'll write the story, but then I'll get a colorist to do it. I'll get a letter and all that stuff. Um, but but because I get to choose it, it's like okay, I know that this guy will color my stuff well and make my stuff look good and and kind of you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> so so social media wise, as 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 you're an artist and you know you're going to conventions and stuff like that. How important is social media for you to get your art out there, to get your name out there? Uh, it definitely helps. Um, it probably doesn't help, but I'd like it to, but it's it's a way to, if you're tagging, you know, the, the venue or tagging, you know, San Diego Comic-Con or whatever, Phoenix, you know, it, you could potentially be getting your art in front of people who have I don't. I definitely use it. Um, I wish it would work better than it than it does, only because I don't have a huge following on you know like Twitter and Instagram. But it definitely, when I tag the venue or tag the whether it's Phoenix or San Diego, I could be getting my art in front of people who haven't seen it before, and so that could drive traffic to my booth. Um, but it's it's definitely a great tool. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that stuff. So, what yeah. about what about your Deviant Art page? Like, is that is that real real helpful in, in getting your prints out there or you know getting your name out there uh i think so um you know i i think about the people that do contact me they typically contact me through another site called comic art commissions which is you know for commissions obviously and so i get a lot of traffic from that and that's like a paid service uh or paid site and um you know but from deviantart i I wouldn't say i get a lot of like maybe commission work Mm -hmm. um but i get a lot of eyeballs on my art for sure. And then, uh, so, I mean, if we want to go ahead and give out your, your social media or your deviant art or your webpage, you can, you can definitely tell us, tell my, my followers where, where you can, they can find you. Awesome. Yeah. The easiest way would be to go to my website. It's just my name, Eric Ninoltowski art.com. And I'm assuming you'll have that spelled out somewhere. Yes, I will. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but if you go to my website, it's going to have all my links, you know, to DeviantArt, to um, Twitter, Instagram. I'm even on Pinterest. I got, you know, all my favorite artists. I've got Pinterest boards for each nice. of them. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and then I, I just started doing stuff on YouTube. And so I'll, I'll do live draws and stuff and uh, trying to promote my book and trying to get followers that way as well. That's that's interesting because you talked about that earlier the, the the YouTube thing with the drawn and quartered you know yeah. like what kind of uh, exposure does that give you like I mean how is that I mean have you thought about doing like the Twitch channels too or stuff like that Yeah I thought about it um it's just 
like it's just like a time thing you know how much time do i have and mm-hmm. um so right now i'm kind of just focused on youtube the the nice thing about the drawn and quartered is it's you know my friend's hosting it and he's got you know maybe six thousand followers or something so being on there you know i'm picking up people who haven't heard me before don't know me and haven't seen my artwork and so i could drive them to um you know my other social media sites and when you're when you're doing that when you're doing the the drawn and quarter and you said you, that's a two hour uh uh time limit is like are you are you drawing and you're also having a conversation like with the other people or maybe with the audience or or like how does that how does that all work yeah it's it's actually really fun because it's you're drawing against these other professionals so you're really you're doing a lot of smack talking and you're trying to like <laughs> uh downplay their their great work and <laughs> trying to make yours look better and you know so it's it's like a battle it's it's pretty fun um are you trying to get in their heads trying to trying to psych them out a little bit yeah <laughs> pretty much uh so it's it's really great it's fun and then you know sometimes you'll do some promotion and just talk about what you're working on what you're you know what kind of book you have coming out and stuff so uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a really fun thing, and it's like every Wednesday night at seven on uh, it's called Blacklist Universe is the YouTube channel. Now, do you ever throw in maybe some alcohol while you're drawing? See if <laughs> I mean, does it have any effect on on your work? Well, if you drink and draw at the same time, um, I I have it definitely like calms me down a little bit and takes the the edge off, you know, like the nerves uh-huh. because you know you get a little nervous, like you know you're live in front of all these people and. You, you know, drawn for against these professionals that are really, really good. Uh, so it just kind of takes the edge off and, uh, you know, opens your mouth a little more. <laughs> how, how about we start a, uh, we start a show where it's, it's get hammered and drawn. You're like, you just get more and more drunk. It's like every 15 minutes, you got to take a shot of beer or something. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be interesting, sure. right? All right. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you once again. I would love, I mean, it's, it's been an hour. It's been, it's a quick hour. I can't believe it's been so fast. So thank you for coming on the show and talking to me. And I hope uh, we can get you to come back and, and do some other shows with us. That'd be awesome, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. And yeah, I, I'm hoping to launch my book. It's called Shadow Century. And I'm going to try and do that later on this year. So yeah, if we could do that, I could definitely kind of promote you know what I'm doing. And- yeah, I'd love to talk about it. Uh, I mean, I like I said, I, I think you're I dig your art, so I would love to see what uh, what you have going on. Awesome, man. Cool. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia G E M G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. If you want to talk to anybody else at Geek Elite Media, it's at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekleetmedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is Hey Mitch with Eric saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.